All right, Alan Grace. Uh, I typically, it's always the same boring question, but it's going to be a really important one for how our, the direction of our conversation goes in. And Ellen, I'm going to start with you. But I always ask what your franchise story is because no human being, maybe one, one fraction of a percentage point is a child and says, I want to be in franchising when I'm older. So tell me your, Ellen, you start, what is your franchise story? How do you even end up in franchising? When I was eight years old, I really wanted to be a plumbing contractor with an expertise in hydronic and in-floor heating. Hey, that's that's not real. That's... story at all. In fact, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actress. So I love this. Thank you very much. Um, but here's, I married a plumber. That's what started me on this journey is I married a plumber. And when I was a kid, my family was not handy. My dad wasn't handy. We called people. I didn't have any experience with the blue collar world until I met my husband, Hot Rod, same as Hot Rod. So I married him, right? What do you do with that? You marry the guy. And I did. And he's a plumber. And that was really my introduction to the trades. And as someone who doesn't have any of these skills, but really appreciates having the lights turn on and the floors warm and the toilets flush and indoor weather, I've always, you know, since I met him, I've been fascinated by the trades and the very, very cool people who do this work. So what I love about my husband is what I love about tradespeople. And that's really where I was born. But we had we had like the pretty typical mom pop shop story. Um, I quit my real job when my husband's partner died. He literally worked himself into a health crisis and died at age 33. This was his partner. I bring it up because like this is this is how business shouldn't be. Right. And I have lived all of the of the, the rough parts and it can be so much better. So when I first I went to work with my husband to kind of I'll do the books, you turn wrenches, we'll get rich, all of that. And all we did was go into debt without my salary. We fought all the time. You know, I've had the uh, uh, a really rough experience as a mom pop shop. So whenever I share anything that makes me sound like I know something, it is with only love and no judgment because I have been through the ringer with this, too. But what happened when we were first getting started a long, long time ago is I started reaching out to people smarter than me. At the time, you know, I went to the magazine columnists. Now they write blogs, easings, you know, podcasts, stuff like that. That's what we have now. So I'm glad you're here, dear listener, because this is how you get smart. Um, but I would reach out to people and just say, how come you're making money? How come I'm not making money? And I learned from the brightest and the best in my industry. And my whole career since then has really been about figuring out what the few people who are super successful are doing, particularly in the trades, and how do I do that? How do I codify it, simplify it? And the story of my life has been um, not only turning around our own business, but then over and over again throughout the years, working with other small businesses to help them find uh, more money and uh, have some fun in this business. Uh, once upon a time, um, we, we sold our business to our employees. And this is an important part of my story because my husband and I really weren't on the same page. Uh, sorry, because my husband and I really weren't on the same page. You know, this is another piece of franchising in a business, particularly family businesses. You have to ask yourself what you want out of life. And you can't expect your wife or your husband or your dad or your son to make your dreams come true. And so, you know, once we figured out um, how to make money, charge more than it costs, put a balance sheet and a profit and loss together, like those basic financial skills. This is what this was my first big lesson. I started making money and that was great. And I turned to my husband and I said, 
Um, so what do you want? It's a good question. What do you want? And he said, I like working all by myself, which Nick meant that I was out of a job, hmm. you know? And so again, it's no judgment, only love, like business takes different forms and shapes. So when I asked myself, what do I want? I realized I really wanted my husband to be different. I wanted him to, to join me on a business journey that he wasn't interested in. So I think I'm still married because I quit looking for someone else, including my husband, to make wow. my dreams come true. Does that make sense? Did you, did you know we were going to get this heavy right out of the gate? I mean, I, I love it. But now, now I need to, my follow-up question is, and this is where now, now I'm going to turn into the psychoanalyst or whatever, whatever the term is. <laughs> you're, you're a speaker. And so you're, you're a motivational speaker. And I would imagine because what you're trying to do on stage to other human beings is you're trying to lift them up. And now if, if you're, if you're doing the same with, with your husband, you're trying to figure out the balance because you, you have the ability to turn it on and how do you turn it off and find your, find your role in a company. And I think that's, that's such a deeply valuable thing to, if you guys don't get on the same page, the odds of you growing as a business are going to even go slimmer. Yeah. But how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, take off that hat and put on a different hat at home? It, it, that's such a good question. I think my whole life has lived in that paradox that at once I find uh, meaning from preaching and sharing what I've learned and encouraging and helping people, you know, uh, build businesses. And on the other hand, coming to terms with that's outside of my hula hoop. I can't make you or my husband or anyone different. The only person that I can control is myself. And I think there are a lot of lessons for us when it comes to business to finding that. Like with your team members, you want to encourage, you want to set the stage, you want to create an environment where people voluntarily come to work, but you can't really motivate anybody. That is an internal, that is an internal job. But the reason why I, I, um, like to like to speak one is I'm an outgoing person and I like to share what I've learned. But the other part is when I figured out how to make money, how to charge more than it costs, how to put a little business plan together, how to add up my cost of doing business and charge more than that, all of that, I felt like I was born again. Like, how did I not know this? I have a degree in business administration. I'd run this business with my husband. I had a lot of experience before then. And that's where I really like had this um, impetus to preach. Like, I wish I knew this. I didn't know this, but it'll change your life if you figure out the money, honey. And that's really the, the area of expertise that I developed and have maintained throughout, throughout my career. And then as I did, like one of the things I knew I wanted to do, Nick, was to run a bigger company. You know, we had a mom pop shop. We turned it around. We charged more. We ended up selling it to our employees and it was a big win. My husband, Hot Rod, works with himself. Now he works at a manufacturer. I think that's why we're still married is we're not trying to force the other one to be somebody different. Yeah. But I had this itch to scratch. I wanted to see if I could run a big business. I wanted to know if the small business basics I'd learned would apply in scope, in scale, right? And so um, things come from the left or the right when you're clear on what you really, really want. And I really, really wanted that. And once upon a time, I got an opportunity to work with some investors and we started Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber. And that was, I said yes to an opportunity I was not prepared for. I did not have the resume to say, yes, I'll be the president of, you know, a nationwide um, home service company, but it's something that I wanted to do. And I am very proud of the experience that I had there. 
you know, I was there for a couple of years. This is almost 20 years ago and learned so much about franchising and investment. And then when I left there, it was really a lead, follow, get out of the way moment because they were moving the headquarters and I wasn't in a position to move. And uh, I thought, I want to do franchising again. I want to find um, uh, the right uh, client. I was doing consulting then. I want to find someone who really sees the same vision I do. I want to work with people I like on, on uh, projects that are interesting. Like I had these criteria for doing it again. And I found all that with Zoom Drain. So really the trades I married into, franchising an uh, opportunity evolved for me with Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber. And I fell in love with franchisees. I fell in love with franchising at that point. I get it. There's another paradox. We work together to decidedly different goals on the daily. But when you and me, when we both are making money and hanging on to each other, that is where this delicious mix comes about, that we're dependent on each other. You know, it's what government should be. You pay your franchise fees and we use it for the good of the whole. So you don't have to fuss about every little thing. I mean, I love, love, love franchising. So it just was kismet when about seven years ago, one of my clients partnered up with me and uh, our best friend, he was our original investor. And we started Zoom Drain, not to be the fastest growing. This is where I always call on Grace. We don't want to be the fastest growing, Grace. What do we want to be? We want to be the best. I want to be the best. I want to be the best franchisor out there. I want you to, when someone asks you, Nick, who's the best franchise, I want it to be me. And we fail every day. And so do you. I, you know, um, again, it's not judgment or love. Uh, it's not judgment. It's only love. I've had a lot of experience that is relevant in this space. And so is my partner. Like we know drain cleaning, we know our business and franchising we'd still consider ourselves an emerging brand and I'm going to learn as much from you today as we're going to be able to share. So I'm super glad that you invited us on. Love it. Grace, tell me your franchise story, same question, but, but then intersect it back into how, how you're partnered up with Ellen. Sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I fell into franchising, which I think a lot of people have that same, same story. Uh, kind of took the roundabout way into franchising, had sales jobs, marketing jobs right out of school, and uh, ultimately uh, worked for a sunglasses franchisor in their development and customer service side, which led me to the path uh, down the path to Franchise Fastlane, where I'm currently as the director of franchise development on behalf of Zoom Drain. And um, for those of you who don't know Franchise Fastlane, uh, Franchise Fastlane is the leading franchise sales organization in the country. And so to be a part of this team, uh, paired with uh, amazing minds and working with incredible founders such as Ellen. I feel very fortunate, very lucky. And we started this partnership a little over a year and a half ago. So to witness the growth and to be a part of that growth, we're now over 100 locations, over 50 franchisees and counting. Um, that's not big. locations, not 100 locations. It would be territories. territories. Yeah, sold territories and uh, 50 franchisees. Just yep. to, let's set the, again, not the fastest. Right. Very intentional <laughs> yes. growth, very intentional growth. So territories and um, to have that very intentional growth as we continue to work together. Okay. So Ellen, I'm going to go to you on this. And I think it's very, very important. Uh, Fastlane clearly has done tremendous work for so many brands and recently uh, went through the acquisition of Raintree. So now you're, you're, the business is building up as, absolutely the thought leader in the space. One of the things that Fastlane obviously does is they are 
the value of the broker consultant relationship ends up being very, very, very critical to mm -hmm. acceleration of growth. And so when, when a franchisee is going through that process, the amount of fee that makes it all the way back to you diminishes, which is a part of the cost of doing business. So I can see it in your personality because usually a franchisor needs that fee to get the franchisee up and running and get them on a pathway to success. They don't have the intangible of someone who is a motivational speaker that you're, you're talking about all the structure that you need for a good business relationship, both of what you've learned from a personal standpoint and now what you're cross applying it. So one, what made you take the decision to say, we're going to use an FSO. And then two, am I accurate in saying you can offset maybe the capital side with the personal capital or the people capital that you're able to deploy as a leader? Oh, really good questions. I, I, I tell you, as, as we first started, not unlike a lot of other franchises, I went to my um, contact list. Hey, it's Ellen. <laughs> I went to uh, clients, you know, folks I consulted with over the years. And uh, that's really where I found our first franchisee. So I've got dear friends who came on board who, you know, you know how it is when you say to your first franchisee, well, let me talk to another franchisee. Oh, you'd be the first one. Like, you know, that you're going to go to your Rolodex and, and find those first franchisees. But as we grew, it took me five years to get to 15 franchisees. And we were OK with that level of growth because we wanted to make sure that our sister company, we've got a company owned store that's tracking just about 14 million. You know, I wanted to make sure that that company was our model center, that we would test drive all of these systems, that we we have the best manuals. Everybody says that, but ours are in working use every day, you know, at our company. I wanted to build that foundation, but I had my eyes on Franchise Fastlane. I met Carrie and Ryan at the um, a springboard event. I heartily recommend the springboard event in Philadelphia in September, especially for that emerging brand. Um, you know, the size of your franchisor will be well served to go there. I met a lot of our professionals at that event and it was there that I saw them. And I thought, that's the one I want to use. And I said to, to Carrie and Ryan, yep, we're going to use you at some point. And they're like, how many franchises do you have? And I said, three. And they're like, call us next year. But I had my eyes on them. I knew when we were ready to put on the gas that this is the crew that I wanted to use. And what you said before that's so important is it is that consultant network that is um, the, the bread and butter of what Fastlane brings to the table and their ability to work your clients, your um, candidates through a formal process. And Grace is so good at this to make sure that you don't miss steps, that they get all the information that they need to make a good decision based on them. Not yes, or it doesn't have to be yes. It just has to be a decision that's right for them. So I love working with pro professionals like Fastlane Certainly the consultant network is essential to this, but their professionalism and, and the process, we are process oriented people. And this is why this has been such a good relationship. Love it. But yeah, you're not going to get like, I, you know, you know, there's not a lot of money left over. So one of the things that happened with us is uh, a little over two years ago, we partnered our original investor. It was time for him to, to move on. And he's like, okay, you need to uh, buy me out. And I'm like, hmm. So I went searching again through my list of contacts and we found such a great uh, partnership with our investors. Having some outside equity 
does give you a little bit of certainty when it comes to making a big move like um, partnering with Franchise Fastlane. So that was part of it, you know, just have a little more financial depth on the balance sheet to be able to say yes to uh, a situation where, you know, we're we're not going to be getting a lot of that initial franchise feedback to support the franchisees. We've got to build this for the long haul. Our original franchisees, our corporate store, our corporate store pays franchise fees too. We wanted to, to demonstrate that we can be profitable with the same burden as our franchisees. So that works together to support us financially as we get into orbit here. Love it. Grace, in, in any brand that Fastlane would take on, uh, you're you're going to play a, a very critical role, which is the development of the relationship between the brand and the consultant network, which now has well well established relationships with those that are going to actually look at buying a franchise. Oftentimes, though, no brands need to be said. You're not going to get a founder or a leader with the personality of Ellen as an asset. How important is that asset to to making sure that you're not only bringing on the right people, but also building the relationship with the consultants that they know that when they present a candidate through you back to Ellen, that most likely it's it's going to mesh a little bit easier because of her background and her life story. Mm -hmm. uh, you're so right. I mean, having strong leadership, having strong founders, it is key. It's one of the things that we look for when we form our partnerships with our brands. So it's, it's something that you can't bypass. Um, having leaders like Ellen, I mean, not there's really no one like Ellen out there, but uh, absolutely being a strong leader, uh, building that culture, being someone that they can build a partnership with, uh, you have to have it. Love it. Yeah. And we've, I've got a partner, Jim. He's not as outgoing as I am. There's a podcast. He's always go, oh, Ellen, this is right up here. <laughs> and it is. But I, you know, I also like to bring Jim up because we have definitely have a yin yang personality uh, balance. He's much more uh, introspective. He is um, very focused and strategic. And the dynamic is great because I get to be me. I am uh, creative. I like the big picture. I'm always going to push the boundaries. But Jim is going to make sure that the, the right things happen, the right projects get energized. And I really love working with him. Love it. So, Grace, I, I, I want to ask this because I, I think it's 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 super important too from your perspective because you're touching the candidate before they get over to to Ellen. Um, for any any franchise buyer, it's it's all about the knee jerk reactions that happen throughout the process. They walk up to the edge of that diving board fifty times before they're even willing to tell you their contact information. Then even when they start going through the process, they come up with a million reasons on why they're not going to do it. When you're looking and you're you're looking at what is the asset of of the business, yes, you like point of differentiation on product, and yes, validation, and yes, cost to get in, and how much you can make, and yes, where you're growing. But above that, it's leadership and vision. How important do you think that is to knowing who's behind this brand that they're going to offset some of those knee jerks or make make the candidate feel comfortable that yes, you can jump. And it's not a guaranteed safe landing, but we're going to give you as many tools as humanly possible as a franchisor to set you up for success. How, how invaluable is that as a part of uh, the sales process? It is invaluable. They want to know that there's the support. I mean, that's the whole reason why someone would enter into a franchise and seek out a partnership with a franchise versus just start, start something on their own. 
So um, they want to know that the support will be there. And that's something that we recap and we review on every call. And it's apparent when they when they attend our founders calls, we weekly organize hour long founders calls and they see it. They see it in Ellen's stories, Jim's stories. Um, it's something you have to have. Love it. All right, Ellen, to the, the candidate that's out there, they're a ghost prospect. They've looked at the business. They still haven't filled out the form. What <laughs> what do you want them to know about this business opportunity that maybe the, the story is not being told yet? What do you want? Talk to them. Talk to the ghost candidate. I that what, What's coming up for me are two things. One, I want to talk about our values. And the other thing, I want to just talk about what we do. Drains. We clean drains. It is mundane. My partner, Jim, says there's 8 billion people on the planet. They all eat and they all poop. That, you know, this is not going anywhere. There's aging infrastructure. Uh, the the, the, um, uh, the industry is highly fragmented and the bar isn't that high. You know, if you look at your own um, experiences with contractors, gosh, if someone just would show up, call you back, you know, be there when they said they were going to be there, do what they said they were going to do. You know, it's not like you have to take FedEx off the hill or Disney off the hill. You just have to beat that guy. And so in this country, most people are getting some resolve to drain cleaning, but they are putting up with a service that is beatable, beatable. So our number one lead source is plumbers who say they do drain cleaning, but really don't like to do drain cleaning. Their guys don't like it. Imagine you're a plumber and you're working on a faucet and now you've got to change gears and work on the drain. It's not the same thing. It's kind of, you know, as Grace says, uh, you know, plumbers are general practitioners and the, the, the drain cleaners are the brain surgeons, right? We have a niche within the niche. And our model, we've been doing it a long, long time. We know how to make money with drains and it's recession proof. I mean, how long would you put up with a clogged drain? You know, you're going to find the money for a clogged drain. It isn't the sexiest job, but oh, do I love it. And we know how to do it. Now it comes down to, um, you know, why you would be part of a franchise is definitely for that uh, relationship. And knowing the founder's values, the company values can be helpful in you making this decision. So one is, we're not sexy, but we're not trendy and we're doing drain cleaning. So if that appeals to you, then let's turn to what the values of our, our company are. And the first one is grit. And that means we, we get it done. We, we go over, under, around and through any obstacle in our way. Another value is energy. You got to show up. I know that everybody loves this idea of the executive model in um, franchising. And you're really only one great hire away from that model. But it is you. And if that person quits or if you're between, you know, managers, it comes down to your leadership always. John Maxwell says that everything rises and falls on leadership. And I would say that is true. So absolutely, you want to develop a team and people who can grow and help you create a business that also supports a lifestyle. We all want that. But the energy of showing up, showing up on the daily, showing up for your team, making sure they know who you are and what you stand for is really important. Then there's responsibility. Responsibility means that we own it. I own it. You own it. If a problem ends up in my hula hoop, I'm on it. And I expect the same from you. Then there's performance. Performance means we keep score to get better. And Grace knows what a nut I am about this. Like you have to keep score. How do I know if you're winning or losing? The main KPIs in any business are going to be sales, profits, and cash. 
profits trump sales, cash trumps profits. This is not uh, new and we're obsessed with it. You know, so making sure that you're um, keeping score so that you and I can work together to best effect is so important. And then the last of our values is really community and community is a result of those things. You know, I heard someone say that a team is a result of individuals doing their job, right? The quarterback throws and the receiver catches and yay. And that's where the magic happens. But each of them has a responsibility in this process. And that community as a result of living these values and working together to build businesses is something that um, transcends all divisive uh, forces in society today. Good business builds bridges and we love it. We love the drain business and uh, well, I'll stop talking. You know, this is, uh, this is my passion baby for sure. So I love, I love, I love everything you just said. Now I, 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 this is where I always share my two cents. Okay. My two cents are this, you said, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the business opportunity after I talk to you about the values. And so what one I'm looking looking at your screen now that, Right now, we're looking for people with, and none of those values are on there. Yeah, and, I've got some updates to do to this screen. Yeah, and I get over here. You're not in the business of better money and, and better business. You're about you're about build, you take that last core value. You're about building a community of people that want to have an impact in their communities. Like it's bigger than this. And so yeah. I would I would challenge you. I think you have a why you why now that's that's greater than a a, a van and some trees on a picture. I think you have people that are super impactful. And I would, I would, I would say, answer that question again, next time you look at your site, because to, to me, I'm not, I'm not buying a drain business or a plumbing business. I'm buying the business that you've, you've built and I'm trying to become part of a community because it's going to be scary no matter what business I jump into. The widget that you happen to be in is, is yes, there's a business model there. But what you just said is so powerful and it's nowhere to be found. And I would encourage I you to put that you. on the center. I know. Now I'm embarrassed, but it's on the list. And it's you, on the list. I'll, I'll let you know when we get this updated. All right. I love it. Okay. Well, well, look, I I can see it in the personality. I can see that there's a uh, passion behind here. And again, for someone to invest their life savings into a business they have little to no control over you got to feel like you're getting the barracks with someone who's been there, done that and, and knows what it's like. And I appreciate you telling that story. I think it's the the whole whole thing from both of you. I uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, and so anybody that's that's looking or has watched this as a ghost, I have the website up on the screen. Um, but I look forward to hearing where your guys' story goes. But this is a, another episode of Meet the Zor. Meet thank the Zor. And thank you. It's nice to meet you on the, on the nice podcast. Thanks. Thank Nick. you, Nick. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Take care.